Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church celebrates the feast of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We used to call it Corpus Christi Sunday. Several years ago, I was presiding at a Mass, and after communion, I went back to my chair and sat down to pray. The servers would then clear off the altar. They would take the sacred vessels and put them on the credence table. Well, one of the servers a young boy, a very animated young boy, he came up to me all excited. And he said, Father, Father, there's a lot of blood on the floor. Well, I was looking down. And immediately upon hearing this, I thought absolutely the worst. I thought, oh my gosh, somebody fell. They hit their head. Blood is everywhere. Call 911. Call the paramedics. Call the police. Is the person still alive? So I lifted up my head to see where this person was. And I couldn't find it. And there was no commotion within the church at all. So I asked the little guy, you know, where is the blood? Well, he pointed over to the floor by the altar. Well, I walked over there, and sure enough, there was about seven or eight drops of precious blood. So he and I began to clean it up. And after we finished, we continued on with the Mass. Now, I'll admit that little bugger nearly gave me a heart attack in front of hundreds and hundreds of people in the church. But when you stop and think, he was dead on. After Mass, I went over and congratulated him. I said to him, you knew that was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And it was. And you were very upset because you saw it on the floor. And you were immediately came over to me to find out what to do. And so I told him, you did a great job today. Well, that's what we celebrate here today. We celebrate the greatest gift that God could ever give us, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, other than himself. See, this is why Jesus tells the apostles before he ascends back into heaven, I will be with you always until the end of the age. Well, when you stop and think about that, that is so true. That's why we believe in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Through the body and blood, Jesus, yes, he will be with us until the end of time because we will always encounter him every time we celebrate the Mass. He will never leave us. Thomas Aquinas once said, The power of Jesus Christ is in the sacraments. Well, that's so true. In baptism, confirmation, anointing of the sick, confession. But Aquinas would say, only in the Eucharist is ipse Christos. Christ himself is present. That's what we believe. And that's what is at the very heart of our faith. Now, there are many quotes in the Gospels in which Jesus talks about his body and blood. The best one, I think, my favorite, John 6.54. Jesus says, 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. Now, we as Catholics believe that at the time of the consecration, and this is important for us to note and understand, the reality of the bread is transformed into the reality of Jesus' body. And the reality of the wine is transformed into the reality of Jesus' blood. This is what we believe. This is at the heart of our faith. Unfortunately, most Catholics, they don't understand this or believe it. There was a Pew Research poll that was taken maybe five, six, seven years ago. And it told us 75% of all Catholics in the United States, they don't believe in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. So it begs the question, why? If this is at the heart of our faith. Well, I think there are many reasons. One is, after the consecration, we look up at the altar and we say to ourselves, you know, it still looks like wine to me. It doesn't look like blood. We look at the body and we say, well, you know, it still looks like bread to me, not like flesh. We receive communion and we say to ourselves, you know, it still tastes like bread. It still smells like bread. And so our senses deceive us. Well, what we have to recognize, what's important, is the reality has changed. The reality of the bread has now changed into the reality of Jesus' body. The reality of the wine has changed into the reality of Jesus' blood. Now, the appearance didn't change. The smell, touch, taste, that didn't change at all. But who cares? See, this is where our faith is absolutely necessary on our part. With faith, we believe Jesus when he says, I will be with you until the end of the times. Or in the gospel for today, when Jesus says, take this, this is my body. This is the blood of the covenant which will be shed for many. Or when Jesus says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. More to it. With faith, we believe the bread and the wine at the time of the consecration is transformed into Jesus' body and blood through the power of the Word of God. Remember, the Word of God has an incredible creative power associated with it. Give you a great example of this. Turn towards the very beginning of the Bible, the story of creation. How does God create this entire universe? Does he use heavy machinery? No. Does he roll up his sleeves and grit his teeth and use his muscles? No. God speaks and things are created. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. And humanity came alive. By the same words of God, there's a creative power associated with it. Well, if God can create the universe by his word, then he can consecrate by his word also. At the time of the consecration, the priest stands at the altar in what we call in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. He recites the very words that Christ recited at the time of the Last Supper. And those words, the words of God, have the power to call upon the Holy Spirit to descend upon the altar and change the bread and the wine, into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's why the priest, after he elevates the host, 
He puts it down to the altar, genuflex. Then he elevates the chalice. He puts it down and he genuflex because he knows he's just a few feet away from God. Meanwhile, the rest of the assembly in the church are all kneeling, a posture of profound reverence. When we receive communion, the person, the extraordinary minister says, the body of Christ, we respond, amen. Amen in Latin means, so be it. What you are saying is, so be it. I believe that I am receiving the body of Christ. Amen, you could say, is the affirmation of your faith in what you are truly receiving. We also believe and hold to that the Mass is a sacred meal, a meal that God intended for us from the very beginning of time, when Adam and Eve walked in easy fellowship with God in the cool evening of the garden. Before the fall of grace, Adam and Eve sat in friendship and ate with God a sacred meal. Well, look at Jesus. From the very beginning of his life, Jesus embodies that sacred meal. Jesus is born and laid in a manger. A manger is a trough where animals come to feed. And so Jesus immediately is food for the world. He's born in Bethlehem. The Hebrew word for Bethlehem means house of bread. The very end of Jesus' life, he intentionally celebrates the Last Supper, as we hear in the Gospel. He tells the apostles, take this, this is my body. This is the blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. In establishing the Last Supper, Jesus has now restored the sacred meal that God intended to share with us from the very beginning of time. Our Mass now is the sacred meal that we share with God. Just like the apostles celebrated the Mass, that sacred meal with Jesus, now, every time we gather for Mass, we sit in friendship with God, like the apostles did, and we share a sacred meal, embodied by Jesus Christ. Every time we gather for Mass, our friendship and our faith grows in Christ. I'll give you a great example of this. Thomas Aquinas, he had a deep love for the Eucharist. Aquinas would say Mass in the morning by himself and immediately assist in a second Mass the same morning. It is said that Aquinas never got through a Mass without tears. He had a deep emotional connection to the Eucharist. When wrestling with intellectual problems, he would go to his chapel and rest his head against the tabernacle for inspiration. Towards the end of his life, he finished a treatise on the Eucharist. It was an incredible in-depth study of the Eucharist. It was dozens and dozens of pages long. Well, he didn't know if he did well in writing it. And so he took the manuscript, he went into his chapel and laid it at the feet of the crucifix, as if to get permission from Jesus Christ or approval. As he was leaving the chapel, Jesus said to Thomas, You have written well, Thomas. What do you want for your reward? Immediately, Aquinas said, nil nisi te, nothing but you. And so never underestimate the transformative power of the Eucharist in us. Another great example is Mary, the mother of God. She is the first disciple of Jesus Christ, first to believe in him. She is the first to welcome him into this world. She's the first to hold him. And she's the last person to hold him as he's taken down from the cross. I personally believe that she is the first one that Jesus appeared to after his resurrection, 
And why not? You know, she was not just his mother, but his first disciple and believer in him. Now, Mary welcomed Jesus into her body. And after the angel Gabriel left her, it says she traveled in haste to the hill country to tend to her cousin Elizabeth. Well, the same thing holds true with us. When we come to Mass, we take Jesus into our body. And like Mary, we are transformed. And in doing so, we are compelled to act and live out our faith. Now, stay with that analogy with Mary. When Mary visits Elizabeth, she literally brought Jesus to Elizabeth. Well, the same thing holds true with us. When we have received the Eucharist, now we take Jesus to others as we leave Mass. People will hear Jesus in our words. They will see Jesus in our actions. And that's at the heart of discipleship in Christ. Friends, today, the Catholic reality is based upon how we live our lives in communion with God through the power of the Eucharist. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.